Welcome to the Purity for Life podcast, episode 184. My name is Frank Honus. This week, we've got a ton of great new content for you. Thank you guys so much for listening and joining the podcast this week. Uh, First off, we blast off. (laughs) Actually, no, we're not pretending to be Buzz Lightyear. Uh, BLAST is a new acronym that I've recently discovered to help us understand our triggers in a better way. So we're going to take a look at that and and just kind of unpack that acronym. Next up, we're excited to be announcing a new weekly series called thankful and that is with a hashtag so if you go onto social media and you see that um if we have you know see a little hashtag in front of it it's because um it is the name of the series that we're going to be uh kicking off every wednesday from purity for life on instagram live and uh so so in thankful we're going to be exploring why being thankful in recovery why um being grateful Uh, realizing all that you have in your recovery, all that you've been given, can really unlock so much freedom and healing for us, as well as um, we're going to take a look at at different aspects, the different aspects of thankfulness. Some you may not be expecting. Uh, Some of these aspects, you know, uh, or some of these areas of thankfulness may not be ones that you are particularly thankful for or even feel good uh, but but if we st- if we really step back and take a look at what it means to be thankful and the different uh, aspects in our recovery that we're thankful for, it can like I said, it can really uh, you know advance us and progress us in our journey. We're gonna let the guys from Bible Project shed some new light on what holiness is and what it actually means for us as believers. And then finally, uh, at the very end of the podcast, Bill Johnson uh, talks to us, Pastor Bill Johnson from Bethel Church talks to us about how having the mind of Christ is the ultimate prize for our repentance. So just a lot of great good a lot of good stuff for you guys this week on Purity for Life. I hope you guys will enjoy the podcast and enjoy uh, all the different voices that we have sharing this week. All right, we're back now and turning the corner to another subject which we've talked about um, triggers. We've talked a lot about triggers on the podcast, um, especially in the last um, couple years. I think as you know, this is a, a pretty, um, uh, pretty popular, I guess, a pretty uh, frequent topic that comes up. The men that I talk to and and the men that are in the recovery group that I lead, the support group, uh, triggers are a really big deal um, in recovery because triggers are the very things that we've talked about before that. Um, that you feel that uh, tend to want to pull you towards using uh, pornography or acting out in some way. Um, And a trigger can be anything and everything. Um, So when I say the word trigger, uh, trigger is the, you know, the thing that kind of sets you off, right? Um, So what are your triggers? Um, Have you ever thought about that in your life, um, in your recovery? Um, I recently came across a really great acronym um, and, and I've used the word, uh, we've actually used the acronym in the, the group that I lead called HALT, uh, which is, stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. Um, hungry, angry, angry, Lonely, Tired. These are um, a really, it's a great acronym to remember, especially, and I've actually added, sometimes I had the S on, on the end, HALTs for stress, right? Um, but we've used this acronym to sort of add um, descriptor words, words to describe how you're feeling before, um, before some kind of you know acting out or before some kind of uh, you know slip or uh, whatever that might be for you. It's really important that you understand 
what your triggers are. And obviously every guy is unique, every man is unique, um, every woman is unique, every person. So we all have different triggers. Um, but I think this acronym that I'm getting ready to share with you um, is, is a really good one, even better than HALT, um, and it's BLAST. So maybe even even uh, easier for you to remember. So BLAST stands for, the B stands for bored or burnt out, right? Bored or burnt out. The L stands for lonely. The A stands for angry, apathetic, afraid, ashamed, or abandoned. The S stands for sad, stressed, or selfish. And the T stands for tired. So, you know, if if probably 99% of us fall in, uh, in into one of those letters in that acronym uh, for our triggers. Um, so, you know, when you feel, uh, when you feel uh, pulled in a certain way, if you feel especially vulnerable or that, you know, you, that you are moments away from, from acting out in some way, you know, stop, pause and consider how you're feeling. Consider what's going on inside of your heart, what's going on inside of your mind, what's going on inside of your body, right, physically. Um, you know, I think we undermine, a lot of times, um, I think some people, we, um, we tend to undermine the actual reality of feelings. Feelings are not bad. Feelings um, have been, you know, God has created us with feelings. Uh, he's created us to be, you know, emotional and to have emotions, um, but, but also to keep those things in check and to keep those things healthy. And we, we need to really monitor and we need to really pay attention to what our feelings are. We need to pay attention to, uh, to, to, you know, what emotions are going on because the more we do that, the more we're able to see what's, what's really going on underneath. So if you're bored or, you know, if, if you're, um, if, if you are constantly, you know, having slips and relapses and you're, you're acting out, well, what is the underlying uh, condition going on there? What's the underlying trigger there? Is it that you are uh, tired? Is it that you're, you know, feeling a sense of loneliness? Maybe you're angry or stressed. Uh, you're feeling afraid or ashamed. I mean, these are really good descriptive words um, that you can use that you can really, you know, uh, reflect on in your own recovery journey. So again, I want to share this with you. The acronym is BLAST. And again, one more time, the B stands for bored or burnout. L stands for lonely. A stands for angry, apathetic, afraid, ashamed, or abandoned. S stands for sad, stressed, or selfish. And T stands for tired. So next time you're feeling triggered, maybe you're going through a blast, right? Maybe you're getting ready to blast off, you know, and uh, stop and, and, you know, pick out where, where you're at, because if that is the case, then find, you know, find a healthy outlet for your stress, find a healthy outlet for your, you know, if you feel angry, go, you know, take a run, you know what I mean? If you, if you're feeling lonely, you know, call up a friend, you know, go hang out with somebody. Uh, but, but get out of that situation where you're by yourself, right? And you're isolated and you're alone and you're feeling that trigger because that is when we tend to go down a really bad path is when we isolate ourselves and then we feel the trigger and we don't do anything about it. We just sit there in that that negativity and that um, that really bad headspace. So I want to encourage you with that, you know, to to take that take that tool and uh, that acronym and use it for your recovery. Utilize it, you know, write it down, jot it down, put it in your journal, and try to keep those you know uh, descriptor descriptive feelings um, in mind for the next time that you feel a trigger coming.
wanted to share just a uh, real quick thing that we're going to be starting at Purity for Life um, on the podcast as a feature on the podcast, but also here on Instagram as sort of a series is um, is this um, diving into uh, the subject of thankfulness and actually starting this series on Wednesdays called Thankful. We are going to be, um, I'm going to be kind of uh, really revisiting that idea. It's not Thanksgiving, right? It's not um, you know Turkey Day or anything. But we're talking about Thanksgiving in March, and uh, I you know I got this idea the other day. You guys are just as a real quick aside here, by the way, it's snowing outside in March. Just so you know. Anyway, sorry, wanted to show that off. Um, but I, I had this concept the other day. I was thinking as I was reading through my devotions and just reading in uh, in my quiet time that thankfulness really does unlock. Uh, a lot of freedom, and I believe that learning, learning gratitude, and learning thankfulness, and learning and really focusing and realizing how much we are given, how much we do have, uh, the the gifts in our lives, the the people in our lives, our family, our spouses, um, you know, all sorts of things. But even the things that we're going to be touching on, like our pain, our emotions. The things we may just totally take for granted that we should be thankful for those things, and I think so many, um, I think so many uh, people in addiction, uh, such as myself at one point in my life, you know, uh, nine years ago, didn't realize the actual power of thankfulness, of really truly, you know, realizing all that you have. And I know that there's a lot of components of addiction. There's a lot of components of recovery. And, you know, simply just saying thank you is not going to necessarily, you know, set a person free. But I do think living a life of thankfulness and understanding, you know, uh, you know, being grateful for the things in your life uh, and, and, and acknowledging the things in your life that you have and, uh, and giving those things over to the Lord to allow him to heal those, you know, areas of your life. Um, you look back on that. I look back on my life and I, and I can thank God for my pain that, that I, you know, that I felt that I dealt with, that I re that I visited. I can thank God for my emotions. You know, I can thank God for my spouse. You know, there's a lot of things, again, a lot of things in addiction that men and women look at and, and maybe, uh, regret, or don't realize the power of in their recovery. And so we want to uh, revisit, I want to kind of visit this idea of being thankful. And again, I'm going to be posting on Wednesdays every week, another, uh, a brand new segment on, on thankfulness, th- thankfulness, there we go, that I am thankful for fill in the blank. And going to have a little blurb about that and haven't really decided how I want to communicate that. But I think we're going to communicate that here on, um, on Instagram and also on the podcast. So if you miss this on Instagram Live, you can always listen on the podcast. It'll be included in the next few weeks. Um, I'm not sure how many weeks I'm going to do this, but I just felt like it was just really important for us to, to, to go back to this idea of thankfulness. I wanted to read real quickly before I wrap up here in Psalm 118. Uh, this is the probably the psalm of thankfulness. It's actually in the in the Passion Translation. And um, this is actually the psalm says, Glorious Thanksgiving. As the title. And just verse one, I just wanted to read. It says, keep on giving your thanks to God for he is so good. I love, I love how this version emphasizes that goodness, right? He is so good. His constant tender love lasts forever. 
His constant and tender love lasts forever. This past weekend when I spoke at the Underground, um, I shared that on the podcast. I spoke at the Underground, um, which is an incredible weekend workshop for men struggling with sexual addiction. There was a video that they played, uh, Jesus Loves Pilate, that are, are, you know, this, this idea of uh, how or Jesus, Jesus is, you know, uh, God loves Barnabas is actually the title, I think, of the, of the clip. And it was this clip from The Passion, the movie The Passion. And, you know, in the backdrop was, you know, a preacher talking about the endless, endless, fathomless, you know, depths of God's love. And, you know, one of the things he said was, you know, no matter how you feel, no matter what's on you, whether it's guilt or shame, he loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. And there's just so much power in that to know that that God's constant, tender love will never take a day off, right? Will never give up. It actually is constant and steadfast forever and ever. And as we acknowledge, even if that were the only thing, and I say the only thing, the most magnificent thing that we had in this world, that would be enough. And so we're just going to take, like I said, a few weeks to focus on things that we should be thankful for in our lives, in our recovery journeys, in our in our families, in our marriages, in our own own in our own physical bodies, our own our own minds and hearts, and just all different things. And I hope you'll kind of, you know I hope you guys will kind of track with me on that and and enjoy that series um, on 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 being thankful. So uh, you know, you can hashtag it thankful and, uh, this will be shared, like I said, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and, and on the website and, and on the podcast to go back to and listen and watch, but really looking forward to this, really uh, excited to dive into this myself, um, as a, as, as a man in recovery, but just to revisit how revisit the goodness of God and revisit, um, all of his mercies and all of his kindness that he has for me. probably heard the word holy before, or at least sang it in a church song once or twice. And for most people, this idea is really just connected to being a morally good person. So God is holy because he's morally perfect. Yeah, that is part of it. But in the Bible, the idea of holiness is even bigger and more rich. What it's really describing is how God is the creative force behind the whole universe. He's the one and only being with the power to make a world full of such beauty and life. And so all these abilities, they make God utterly unique, which is the meaning of the word holy. So a helpful way to think about God's holiness is by using the sun as a metaphor. The sun is unique, at least within our solar system, and it's really powerful. It's the source of all this beautiful life on our planet. And so you could say that the sun is holy. And you can actually take this metaphor even further in that the whole area around the sun is also holy. Yeah, because the closer you get to the sun the more intense it gets. Yeah, exactly. So that very power and goodness that generates all this life is also dangerous. I mean, the sun, if you get too close, will annihilate you. And in the same way, there's this paradox at the heart of God's own holiness, because if you're impure, his presence is dangerous to you. And not because it's bad, but because it's so good. And so the first time we see this paradox of God's holiness, it's in the story of Moses and the burning bush. So God tells Moses to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. 
and Moses covers his face in fear, and God says, hey, don't come any closer. It's intense. It's actually that intensity of God's holiness that's explored even more in the stories about Israel's temple, which was the main place where God's holy presence was located. And at the center of the temple was this room called the Most Holy Place, the hot spot of God's presence. And whether you're an Israelite living in the land around the temple or a priest working right in the temple, you're in proximity to God's holy presence, which is dangerous. Yeah, this is a problem. So how's it supposed to work? Well, in the Bible, the solution is that you need to become pure. So like being morally pure. Yeah, and that's easy enough to understand. But the Bible spends a lot of time talking about another kind of purity, being ritually pure, which is a state where you separate yourself from anything related to death, like touching things like diseased skin or dead bodies or even certain bodily fluids. All these make you impure. And becoming ritually impure isn't necessarily sinful. What's wrong is waltzing into God's presence when you're in an impure state. And so that's why God gave the Israelites very clear instructions for knowing when they were impure, steps to become pure, so that they could go into the temple again. So that's what the book of Leviticus is about. Right. But it doesn't stop there. This idea keeps developing. So later in the scriptures, we find this really interesting story by a prophet named Isaiah. And he has this crazy vision where he's in the temple and he's right in God's presence. He's totally terrified. Yeah, he knows the rules. He shouldn't even be in there. And he's worried about being destroyed. And then this crazy creature called a seraphim. Yeah, that is a crazy creature. (laughs) Totally. So it flies over with a hot coal, and then it sears Isaiah's lips with the coal and says something really weird. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. So this burning coal somehow makes Isaiah pure. Yeah, it's remarkable because normally if you touch something impure, it transfers its impurity to you. But now here's this new idea where you have this coal, this very holy and pure object, and it touches Isaiah and it transfers its purity to him. Isaiah is not destroyed by God's holiness. He's transformed by it. I mean, the implications of this are just huge. But there's one more development. This time from another prophet, Ezekiel. And he has this vision where he's standing at the temple and he sees water trickling out from it. And then that water turns into a stream and then it grows into a deep river that starts flowing through the desert, leaving this trail of green trees behind it. And then it flows into the Dead Sea, making everything fresh and alive. So instead of becoming pure first and then going into the temple, here God's holiness comes out from the temple, making things pure and bringing them to life. What does it all mean? So we don't know until we meet this man, Jesus. And he claims that he's fulfilling all of these ancient visions, but in surprising new ways. So Jesus, he went around touching people who are impure, people with skin diseases, a a woman with chronic bleeding or dead people. And when he touches them, their impurity should transfer over to Jesus. But instead, Jesus's purity transfers to them and actually heals their bodies. Jesus is like that holy coal in Isaiah's vision. Right. And Jesus claimed that he was the human embodiment of God's own holiness and that he and his followers were now God's temple so that through them, God's holy presence would go out into the world and bring life and healing and hope. And so this is why Jesus described his followers as having streams of living water flowing out of them. So this is our part of the story where we find ourselves now, but 
Where's this all heading? So, the last pages of the Bible end with a final vision about God's holiness. This time, it's by a guy named John. And in his vision, we see the whole world made completely new. The entire earth has become God's temple. And Ezekiel's river is there, flowing out of God's presence, immersing all of creation, removing all impurity, and bringing everything back to life. We believe the Bible is one complete narrative, so we're making these videos to trace a theme that goes from the beginning to the end of Scripture. We're also making videos for every book of the Bible to help you understand its literary design and main themes. We're a nonprofit, and we need your help to make more videos. We're always making our next video, and you can help us make that happen by going to jointhebibleproject.com. You can download high-resolution versions of these videos that don't have this little outro right here. You can play them at your church or small group or whatever. You can get study guides, all kinds of resources, all for free at jointhebibleproject.com. prize of all prizes for us right now is the mind of Christ. It is the great prize. It is the reward of repentance. It is the fruit or the result of repentance, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the great prize. I mean, we celebrate the presence, obviously. There's no greater gift than the presence of God, Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrate the anointings, that manifestation of presence that brings miracles and healing, deliverance, all this stuff. We celebrate one another. We celebrate so many things that God has given us. But there is one thing that is more transformational than any other, and that is the mind of Christ. It's seeing and thinking the way he sees and the way he thinks. There's something different about Jesus who can look at a boy's lunch fearlessly, knowing that there's going to be leftovers. There's going to be more than enough. This is going to be such a wonderful moment that we will have more at the end than what we started with. But that was the thinking. He, we, we know there's an oak tree in an acorn. Well, in circumstances that would come up, he would see the possibility, the potential of a moment. That divine reasoning. You know, I get there eventually. I don't always start there. In fact, just between you and me, don't tell anyone this, it seems like I hardly ever start there. I get there, but starting with his perception is a gift that I long for. You know, I know that biblically we have the mind of Christ. By the way, it says we have, it doesn't say I have. It's collectively, we, our Father, we have the mind of Christ. But anyway, I know that we have the mind of Christ, but I, I want, I want, what's in my account to be in my possession. In other words, I, I want it to influence my, my initial reaction. I, I get there, but I want my initial reaction to be mind of Christ. And I do believe that that's the, the, great, uh, the great prize. All right, tons of great stuff this week for you on Purity for Life. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Hey, you can always get more great stuff from us on pflhome.com. That's our website, pflhome.com. It's our online home um, with all of our previous podcasts, articles, uh, different ways that you can contact contact us, my wife and I. You can contact me personally. 
you can find everything there. And it's pflhome.com, Purity for Life. Also, follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also for the podcast, please go on to iTunes and and leave us a rating and a review. It's it's a really good way for us to get feedback on what we're doing well, what we're doing, what we're not, <laughs> the things you'd like to hear from Purity for Life. Um, and again, the reminder for next week is that we're going to be starting our thankful series live on Instagram, and that will be on Wednesdays. So um, I'll, I'll, I will be uh, I'll tweeting out the time and whatnot so you guys can kind of hopefully uh, tune in and, uh, and listen and watch um, as we share the different aspects of uh, what it means to be thankful in our recovery and, and how that brings about so much more healing. And if you do miss it live, you can hear it on the next on next week's podcast as well. I'll be replaying it as well for that or on, on that podcast. So if you miss it, don't worry about it. You can catch up with us. So thank you guys so much for listening to Purity for Life this week. Make sure to reach out to us online and on social media, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless.